Welcome to another edition of the Scozzi Football Podcast. I'm speaking to you from the newly liberated state of Sydney, uh, where we're just about to get international travel again. What a treat. It's a week where Newcastle United have been taken over by the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, but they're not the only Arabs to have had a good week. Rangers are the champions, but they have a close contender in the Jambos. And Celtic have got a habit of scoring two goals in a game, but are the only two games away from a crisis. Anthony Maguire joins me as ever from Perth. It's brilliant to have you on. I'm really disappointed that you didn't lead up with that. Freedom! Uh, given the fact that you now go to the pub, Richards, and do all those wonderful things yeah. now that uh, New South Wales has uh, come out of lockdown. So well done. Congratulations. The vaccination Yay. rates are going well. So, yep. Um, yeah, massive week. Um, apologies for not being on air last week. We decided to have a impromptu hiatus over the international break. but I think the um, international break is a good thing for all of oh, us. Uh, for all of us. <laughs> um, the, the, the kickoff times are not uh, very kind to Australians trying to watch uh, European, uh, Scotland or any team in, in uh, qualifying campaigns. Uh, but uh, we did manage to catch some highlights and I managed about 20 minutes of the Scotland-Israel game before I fell asleep. But um, what did you make of Richard? We, we got the six points. We said before we, we went off air the last time that we needed six points. We got the six points. Talk us a bit through Scotland versus Israel. I have to say I really enjoyed John McGinn's goal. I thought it was a real cracker, but Israel made a really good game. Well, Israel is a good team, right? And they made a really good game of it. And um, Pat Hamden, you know, I think that's one of the things that the players thrive off, actually, when they've got a huge atmosphere. It almost becomes more fun. And Israel are a good team with decent players, some of whom we know quite a lot about. And they, they acquitted themselves very well and took their opportunities very well, too. And we're maybe a wee bit unlucky to be denied by probably the second goal of the left breast from the the, the past couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> I seem to remember Kyogo Furushima scoring for Celtic against Aberdeen, uh, and 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 then the the, the absolutely dying moments. Um, it was was it Lyndon Dykes? It was Lyndon Dykes? Wasn't it? Oh, it was uh, Scott McTominay. Well, that's terrible. Scott McTominay, forgive me. How how can I forget? But yeah, absolutely brilliant. And then um, lovely to see Bacara getting a few royalties again out of the hand and crowd. Absolutely rocking. Brilliant night. Well, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, Aaron Zahavi's free kick in the fifth minute probably sent the the shivers around Hamden. Uh, absolute pinpoint accuracy um, and, and just shows you when you've got a, an absolute world-class forward that, they can almost single-handedly drag your team um, to, a, to a major tournament. So he put them 1-0 up early. John McGinn with equaliser. Uh, Lyndon Dykes missing a penalty before half time, And then VAR, our, our super sub for uh, for Scotland. That's two games, two in as many games now that um, Scotland's had the, had the old VAR um, overturning the referee's initial decision. He's looked at it back. Lyndon Dykes sticking his foot in front of the Israeli defender, no no danger to him, and that went back in the net, make it two each. And as you said, Strott McTominay with his left breast off a John Medin corner sent Hamden into raptures. So 3-2, they then had to do the business over in the Faroe Islands. Um, a much scrappier affair. Craig Gordon called into action on several occasions to keep, yeah. keep Scotland in it. Yep. And it was a late, late 85th minute winner again from that man, Lyndon Dykes. 
Um, actually quite a good finish in the end. Um, but unfortunately, he's now suspended for the next match against Moldova away. Um, a win against Moldova will guarantee Scotland second in the group. And it should also mean that they're seeded so that they will get a home playoff against one of the unseeded nations for the best um, second finishing teams in the in the in the respective groups. So among whom I might, I might add that uh, the Czech Republic, I think, were amongst that group. They are. Let's not think about that too hard. Um, Lyndon oh, Dykes. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, all of that to quote a, a previous podcast title. Very nice. Um, what was going to say, the, 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 the interesting thing for me has been uh, Lyndon Dykes. We talk about, like, people say, like, hey, the scores, the scores of connection, Lyndon Dykes. We can start with that. Um, he, he Australian born and has been absolutely pivotal to Scotland's success. And and one of these guys that is now mentioned several times. And ever since he's got into that team, he's been competitive. He's made opportunities. He's scored really important goals. He's scored very very important goals in recent weeks. It's been good fun to watch. Aye, but the Faroe Islands was a bit one of those kind of Scotland scrapey-do moments. Well, I can imagine sitting in a dark night in Glasgow thinking, oh, this might not end well 84 minutes in. Well, it's it, it, typical Scotland would have been a nil-all draw and you've just then undone all your hard work at Hamden with a 94th minute winner. Um, but this new Scotland team just seems to find a way to get a result when it's needed and they got the result. I mean, it wasn't pretty... Um, they, you know, they, they would have expended a lot of emotional energy as well as physical energy playing the 94 minutes against Israel to get the winner. So to bounce back, you know, the Faroes are no mugs anymore. They are a bit more defensively you know, sound. They, they're more organized. The Danes only managed to take one off them when they traveled to travel to the Faroes. So That's a plastic um, pitch. It's on a plastic pitch. And uh, yeah, so I mean, like I said, the, the job, job done. And then we, we come back in a month's time um, for the doubleheader Moldova away and the Danes at Hamden, which hopefully will be a dead rubber. But um, just need to do, yeah. the, do the business in Moldova. But uh, interesting what you're saying there, Richard, about um, Lyndon Dykes, a couple of things. He has become the focal point for that Scotland team. Like he gives... He gives the out ball. He works incredibly hard. He's not, I don't want to say he's necessarily the finished article, but his finishing is getting better and he likes to get his toe or his head. He likes to get something on the end of a cross. So he is providing threat. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, is it Che Adams alongside him? Is it a Ryan Christie, a, Steve, a Stuart Armstrong? Who, who, who's the best way to sort of compliment him and, and just try and get a few more goals in the team? Like John McGinn seems to be popping up with regularity, which is good, um, but probably could do with a few extra goals from either out wide or um, in those that number 10 position. So um, still a bit of work to be done, but like I said, job done for now. Um, and we, we roll on to, to next month. So, we might as well turn our attention to the SPFL, Richard. So where, where would you like to start? It was goal, an absolute goal fest, 16 goals last weekend. So it was, it was goal, raining goals. Um, I'd love to start in Edinburgh um, because <laughs> uh, I wonder why. Uh, I have to say that I, that was probably one of the most complete Dundee United performances I've seen for a very, very long time. And they completely dismantled Hibs. 
They played oh, the, them off the, the park. They scored a fabulous first goal. If you haven't seen it, um, have a wee look online. It's got some absolutely beautiful football in the work up to the goal. And and yeah, they just they, they did well. They 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 players who have struggled back from injury, who have been on the periphery, who came and and played great games. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it, and and um, and completely against my tip. Which, um, fortunately, you're not you're not on the WhatsApp group. Most of the people that listen to this thing, but Anthony and I, I kind of predicted that Hibs would win three two. I'm delighted that United absolutely thumped Hibs. Yeah, oh, the, 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 you're you're right about the first goal, and actually the third goal as well. The interplay uh, amongst the the sort of forward players of so Hearts, Paula. Um, uh, your man, uh, Omari Nishkin. Nishkin, 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 is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you Nishkin and he's from Finland, yes. Yes. So, like, the, the especially, I, I, I really, like, the highlights were actually a joy to watch. And really, Hibs didn't really threaten Dundee United all that much. Like, there really wasn't much in, in, in retaliation for, for three, for three goals for Dundee United. Um, was Nicky Martin Clark. Ball playing for Australia through the week, or he, he, not? He, he was, yeah. So right. he he, yeah. he had a good he he played quite well for um for for Australia, and that's probably the irony is that he probably should be playing for Scotland, and Lyndon Dykes probably should be playing for Australia. Like if you listen <laughs> to them, but we've done yeah. a wee swap 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 around. And the other interesting thing about Australian squad is that there's a a man a, a big tall centre half called uh, Harry Souter, whose brothers with John Souter, who plays for Hearts. And John Souter will play for Scotland, whereas Harry's been capped by Australia. So probably one of the only. We, we, I was talking to my mate. I'm trying to figure out if there's any other cases of two brothers playing for different nations. Probably yeah. doesn't come up very often. But one for the listeners, if anyone knows of any other brothers that have played or sisters um, that have played for uh, opposing nations, um, get in touch. Would be would be would be. I'd be keen to see if there's anybody else that's done that before. Sure oh, there is. This is now digress for a moment. Matildas are playing Brazil uh, in in Sydney, but we're just being allowed to have crowds. But they've got a, a dispensation, or I'm not really sure what they show. What they're going to call it public health, but um, they're they're allowed a, a, a three quarters capacity crowd for Matildas versus Brazil at the end of this month, which I'm really looking forward to. I've got a ticket, so I'll tell you. Oh, all fantastic! About it. Yes, cool. Very we'll, keep, we'll, we'll do a little. We'll do a little preamble to that when it's uh, the week the weekend, yeah. the week that's coming up. Nice um, one. Well, I was trying to say, yeah, Dundee United three 0 Um, probably like I say I definitely wouldn't have tipped tipped that result. Most people, that, that For a me. it's a coupon a coupon buster if ever there yes. was one. But uh, but like you say, um, well played, and that means that Dundee United leapfrogged Hibs. Um, I think they are now sitting third in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Above a certain Glasgow team, uh, well, Aberdeen, we'll, we'll, who, yeah. who, who, Anthony, you've you've mentioned in recent weeks, you, you might not think are doing that terribly well among, you know, I, I think you've used other words for it, but um, <laughs> Lee Griffith scored. Yes, well, I mean, when you give him all the time in the world, I mean, even even old Lee can uh, can sprint in from the wing and uh, slot it away. So David Bates, sort of what he was doing, left Lee Griffiths in uh, in acres of space. Good pass out to him, but yeah, he um, he scored early in a quite a spiteful encounter. We'll get to that in a little bit in a minute, but yeah, um, yeah bad defending, and then Gary Woods for a bit slow to react for um, McGowan's shot, McGowan's shot as well for the second indeed goal. I, I kind of feel like he should have done done better. I was sort of near him, and he didn't really sort of. He was very slow to react. So two 0 Aberdeen, uh, Ramirez with a poacher's finish um, at the back stick. Not enough, though. Um, 
near the Ramirez, end. Ramirez is all right. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. the biggest problem for Aberdeen is their their kind of like their their defense has become this sudden kind of sinking ship, and then and then their their kind of mobility between midfield and it's just the strangest thing to watch. It's it's almost kind of stiff. There's no mobility. It's like watching Aberdeen of five or six years ago. But the Aberdeen of five or six years ago wouldn't have shipped as many goals. Well, I think Ferguson's probably had his head turned a wee bit. He he's not really hit the straps this season at all. Um, he, Stephen Glass seems to be persistent with Pep playing um, Ross McCrory at centre half. Um, mm. I don't understand that. I think he's a he's quite a good midfielder. I realise he's trying to shoehorn Brown and 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 Ferguson and other players out of the midfield but I just think you play your best players in the best position and I, I don't think he's a centre half I think losing Considine didn't help the situation at the start of no, the season but, but, da- yeah. but David Bates is mince he's really not Heather alike <laughs> at all um so the yeah, they need, they need they need to they need to shore up the defense. They need they need I need more legs in the midfield. To be perfectly honest, Ramirez, Ramirez looks all right, but I think that the, I was one of the Aberdeen supporters things was saying the other day that um, he feels that Ramirez needs to play with another striker. So he needs a, he needs a two up top, and that's not how Stephen Glass is sitting oh, at his stall. So he scored a few already with um, really not that much support. So you know. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, but but um but the James McPate he he got sent off for time wasting so the the ball got played uh, the, the ball ran out the, the the dugout and he's picked the ball up and then threw it away so the Aberdeen players went to go get it from the Dundee bench and then somebody else has made it hard for the Aberdeen player to get it and he's had a a push at one of the Dundee players and so it got really really quite quite nasty and quite spiteful in the end mm. um so not not a particularly nice uh, way to end that in that game unfortunately but yeah red cards for for him and a red card for one of the uh the assistants for Aberdeen as well uh, when McCown got stretched off I think something must have happened there as well Dave McCormick he was yeah. on BBC on Monday night given the old vote of confidence uh, to Stephen Glass so I think he's set his stall out so I, I guess we'll wait and see how that pans out but that's now Aberdeen winless in 10 um, in all competitions and they're out of the League Cup um, yeah they yeah, need a win great. and they need it they need it badly and unfortunately yeah. when you get beat by the cellar dwellers Dundee um, you, you're kind of wondering where Aberdeen's wins are going to come from because they've got games against in no particular order Hearts Rangers and Hibs, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they've got they've got three of the hardest fixtures in the in the in the league coming up. So um yeah, no easy wins anytime anytime soon. A tens of six thousand eight hundred and seventy at Dens for that game. Usually Aberdeen would bring down about five thousand of their own fans, so that just shows you how things are not going that terribly well. It's not that far to get down the road. And that kind of weird kickoff time. Uh, Rangers are the champions. Um, but they were held by the Jambos and it was one of those uncharacteristic slips by Alan McGregor who I think has made a couple of uncharacteristic slips in the last couple of weeks I think uh, Alan McGregor starting to show his age I think I think he's he's 38 or 39 I think this this season he's just not quite been the consistent force that he has been in the last 
you know, basically the last three seasons he's been at Rangers since he since he came back. Remember, um, Dino's off won the World Cup with Italy at the age of forty. Oh, oh, oh I mean, Craig Dorn's a perfect example. I mean, he's he's ages we we McGregor. I think there's like a year or two in the difference, but it's a tale of two goalkeepers. I mean, I counted five or six saves that Craig Gordon pulled in that match to keep Hearts in it. Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely and, astounding, actually. Yeah, from, uh, yeah, yeah. And they, they made a treble save from one of the, one of their corners. Um, Lundstrom with a, a curling long range effort that did beat um, Gordon. Goal. Gordon, Gordon did get a hand to it, but it was, it was a good, good strike to play at a time. Um, and then, yeah, McGregor catching flies right on the ninety fourth minute. Came out flapping, and Craig Talbot couldn't believe his luck and nodded home and went, "Oh, thank you, I'll take that." Um, <laughs> so that was one each. The, the Rangers fans were stunned. Um, a bit of a nasty incident as well. Bakuna he clashed with Stephen Kingsley on the the touchline, grabbed him yeah. by the throat. Yeah, um, yellow cards all around, but that quite easily could have been a red. Um, Should have been probably. Actually. Well, I think I think the feeling was that Rangers had enough chances to win the match. But I, to be honest, I was watching it. I'm saying, well, I mean, Craig Gordon played well, but I don't feel like Rangers absolutely like pummeled Hearts. And Hearts had a really good chance. I, I don't know who, the, who who it was. I think it was Mackay. He had the ball, and all he had to do was square it to um, Boyce. Boyce yes. was open, yes. and he, he, he chose to shoot. And I was like, oh, that's that was a certain goal if he'd squared it. So um, yeah, yeah I absolutely. Feel he, that, was through, he was through and yeah. go, but I think I think he'd he'd done so much work in the run yes, up to yes, it yes. that I, he just probably didn't quite have the vision, and it all happened obviously in such a you know a, yeah. a heartbeat. Split, but you're right, split, I mean, like, split yeah, Boyce, yeah. Boyce was was absolutely plumb to for a square <laughs> ball. Yeah, but uh, but I think yeah, one each, and then I mean, and I know like you're looking at the league table, and you know Hearts are sitting second, still unbeaten. Um, Dundee United are definitely the form team I think in the, in the league at the moment and then Celtic obviously we'll talk come and touch name a second but they found a bit of form away from home as well so all of a sudden the league table starting to take 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 shape sort of thing so it's starting to separate the men the men from the boys sort of thing so um, another shock result this week uh, last week sorry St Johnson nil Livy three yeah. um, some Livy absolute absolute Terrible, calamitous defense. Yes, Xander Clark yes. and Jamie McCarthy for the second goal. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what was going on there. Really bad. Passed it into his heel, flicked up for Bruce Anderson. He's just said, "Yep, I'll have a bit of that," and he he's just driven that home. Um, and then in the second half, Effie Ambrose clashing head. I shouldn't laugh. Clashed heads with Michael O'Halloran. So they're down on the deck. Meanwhile, and Bruce Anderson comes provider. Scott Pittman. Thank you very much. Three 0 Yeah. And that yeah. was all she wrote. Um, it was yeah, horrible just... Keystone Cop stuff. It was really bad. St. Johnston are in some trouble. Yeah, they and... just haven't quite got that consistency and defensively. And I know Xander Clark, he's tried to push his claim for a, a Scotland berth, but not we I'm sorry, but not with performances like yeah, that. He's not like, yeah. no, no, no chance. I think the last game of the round, another Five goal thriller. Um, well, not so much a thriller, but Ross County two, St. Mern three. Um, St. Mern probably just holding their nerve and probably defending just a bit better than Ross County, I'd say. But Eamon Brophy, first goal, oh, I, I, yeah, his third, his third of the season, and that was an absolute belter. Missed a good chance just before that as well, actually. But um, yeah, Brophy, Brophy's going well for them. Marcus Fraser, Scott Tanzer, uh, Scott Tanzer's goal was a good goal as well. Uh, yeah. I didn't expect them, I didn't expect Ross County to come back, but they got back into the game quite well and, you know, competed quite well in the second half. Maybe a wee bit unlucky, but they are still in deep trouble, aren't they? Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's going to be interesting. So, 
Motherwell against Celtic. Well, I tipped 2-2 because Motherwell have been going quite well. Um, but Celtic have now got some consistent away form and they look a little bit more settled. Yeah, look, I, I kind of felt that they were in control of that match. I mean, Motherwell didn't really threaten. I, I can't recall a particular a couple of times where the, the ball went across the face of goal, but nothing really like no direct penetration or shots on like real dangerous shots on target sort of thing. So um, Jota with an absolute sublime uh, left footer, um, he sort of played on his left foot and, and, and drilled at home close range. And then David Turnbull, probably the goal of the week. Um, he, um, you know, didn't celebrate too much after being an ex motherable player, but um, yeah, he, he, he curled it in and, and, and just settled the, settled the game and, and killed the tie or killed the match. Sorry. Uh, the 55, 60 minute mark. Um, See, Dundee yeah. United's first goal was the goal of the week. Don't give me that. Like, I mean, it was a good strike, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he nodded. He nodded the toss. It was, I mean, when there are sixteen goals, I mean, you're going to probably come up with three or four really good goals. Yeah. And and in fairness, they were all yeah, you know, all, all all very 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 tasty, and will end up on highlight reels um, at the end of the Probably season. Again. But but uh, but like I said, Celtic hitting a bit hitting a bit of form. Bit of a steady, it's a bit of a settled team um, and bringing players like decent players off the bench. So I think they're just starting to click. And then that obviously they flowed into their. So, um, yeah, the Europa yeah. League. So, and the league at the moment, Rangers top 20 points with a goal difference of eight hearts or second on 19, goal difference of nine. Dundee United are in third place, a goal difference of three on 17 points. Celtic in fourth place 16 points with a goal difference of 15 the best goal difference in the division uh, Hibs have slipped back to fifth there on 15 points and just behind them Motherwell in sixth and the 14th so Motherwell Celtic and Celtic went on to play one of the great Tuesday afternoon fixtures Fenis Varos. <laughs> um, I think the the old uh, in Australia we call it a city. Um, so I think there was a, there was quite a few cities um, in uh, in in Glasgow yesterday. Um, even Ash Foster Buster Cogler apologised to local businesses after the match, saying, "Oh, did he? <laughs> I didn't hear <laughs> that. Brilliant. <laughs> probably dropped productivity. Probably dropped for a wee bit. He says, but to get fifty and a half thousand in uh, on a on a Tuesday afternoon was fantastic." And even Joe Hart said they had to repay the the turnout of the fans with nothing other than a win, and it was a much needed win in the Europa League campaign. Um, probably again, the word I would use would be controlled um, and really patient. Um, the they, the first half, um, not ponderous in possession, but just controlled the game. Fenis Varos actually set the stall quite well. They were really um, defensively very sound, very compact, just really making it hard for, for for Celtic to find much space in that final third but it took an absolute wonderful pass from Jota um, in the second half that unleashed uh, Thiago Farashi who made no mistake with a two-touch finish um, it was a wonderful little bit of one-two from Jota and Montgomery in the left uh, wing uh, sorry left back position that sort of started the move basically turned defence into attack and then managed to play a 50-yard crossfield pass, which was just absolutely on the money and uh, will be one of the highlight goals in Europe this week because that was absolute peller. That was put Celtic in front. It was. I, I wonder, right, okay, so um, Kyogo Furuhashi and uh, Tom Rogic would have been playing football in Tokyo um, less than a week ago. And and so they, they played football in Tokyo so they got there, 
which is eight hours ahead. So that's the same time as you in Perth. Yeah. Um, play the game in the evening, which would be the same as playing the game at around about what, 11 o'clock in the morning UK time. So I'm sure they've got physiologists and all together that work this stuff out, right? Yes. And then they fly back a 12 to 14 hour flight, yep. play a game on Saturday and then play on a Tuesday afternoon. That is yes. absolutely astonishing. Well, I think I think the, I believe when Scotland goes away, so when the Scotland team goes away, they actually stay on Scotland time. Um, I, I believe, or, or if that's the Celtic or Scotland, I can't remember. It's one. It's one of the two. But they actually they, they don't adjust for the time difference, so they just keep on a, a regime as if they're in in their home home nation. So obviously, most of the players are UK based. They just stay on Greenwich Mean Time. So I'm curious, like when if I don't know if that works when you're flying all the way out to Japan to play a, a World Cup qualifier and then having to fly back again. But it would make mm. probably make sense if you did, because otherwise you'd just be jet lagged, wouldn't you? I mean, you, you, you yeah, entirely. Think so. I, mean, I, I think so. That, that's the whole kind of thing about it is that I, I guess if you do it for three or four days, it doesn't make any difference or that much difference. But yeah, I, I I have very many memories of being smashed about by jet lag over the years and just thinking, hmm, how do other people do this? But then I guess they're a wee bit younger than I am. <laughs> the coming weekend brings some interesting fixtures. Aberdeen are at home to Hibs. Uh, Celtic have got St. Johnson. Dundee United have got Motherwell. Hearts have got Dundee. Ross County have got Livingston. And St. Byrne are on the telly game. Now, St. Byrne are going well. They've got the telly game on the Sunday against Rangers. However, before that, Rangers have got some European duty against Bronby, one of the Copenhagen teams. Uh, Bronby were the Danish League champions. I'm interested to hear what you think, Anthony. It's going to be Thursday night, the one that the normal Europa League night. Um, the Rangers have got to win. Yeah, what's well, I mean that, that that's that's the that's the nuts and bolts of it. Rangers have to win if they want to keep their campaign alive. This is a must-win game. Um, some one of the Danish pundits has come out and said that Rangers will stop them because Bromby aren't much top. Um, I don't know if he's been watching Rangers recently, but you know they don't look like they're going to be stopping anybody. But um, they need to they, they need to win, and and Steven Gerrard will will take nothing less than three points um, on Thursday night. So. They just need to find a way, get it done, and take a bit of momentum, banish the Hearts result, and uh, and take that into the weekend against St. Mern at the Smizza Smizza Stadium. Is that what this does? S-M-I-S-A. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I, I don't know much about Bromby, um, but I think they are winless in their group in the group as well i believe so it's just literally a matter of a bit like celtic and finish virus it's like it's a bit of a knife fight to to see who'll finish third at least so um yeah that, that that's the that's that's all i really need to say it's it's must win Jackson. and I, I don't and i don't think the fans will accept anything less than that either at home particularly at home they, they need to need to get a win some bonus dosh remember celtic were humped and dumped out of the champions league by Mitchelland, who finished below Brondby in the Danish league. Well, All right, as, for the weekend, as, then- a, as, a, as an interesting point, when you know, finished Varus dumped Celtic out of the Champions League last year as well, so that was about 14 mm. months ago, yes. um, the only player who's still in that starting lineup was Callum McGregor from that, yeah, from right, that okay. game. So in the space yeah. of 14 months, they're quite a turnover of players. Um, yeah. Aberdeen-Hibs. Uh, interestingly, interestingly here, right? Yes. Sorry, yeah, I'll, I'll just my wee fact here. If Aberdeen beats Hibs... There's only three point. They're only three points separated in the league, and given how terrible Aberdeen season's been, and how we thought Hibs had actually put start the season quite well, that would be quite remarkable. I yes. think Hibs are going to do Aberdeen. I don't think Aberdeen are going to win, so it will be six points. But 
um, it's just interesting to see sometimes what you have perceptions that someone's run really badly and someone's run really well. But as far as the league's concerned, there's not actually that much in it at this point in the in the campaign. So is that you kind of pinning your flag then saying Hibs are going to win uh, Aberdeen? I actually think that Dave Cormack getting on BBC Scotland and, and ripping into all the kind of objective or allegedly objective journals, that that will actually steal Aberdeen. I think they're going, I think they're going to sneak it this weekend. I think it's going to be a 1-0. 2-1 Hibs. Fair enough. Celtic St. Johnson. St. Johnson going horribly. Uh, it's a 3-0, 4-0, 5-0 Celtic for me. Yeah, well, the, yeah, coming off the back of a, a home tie in the Europa League and uh, no injuries, so yeah, Celtic uh, comfortably. Dundee United, Motherwell, uh, Thomas Courts has them sort of, Tam, who's now become Thomas Courts, uh, has actually risen to the occasion. United looking brilliant. Um, I hope they don't have too much of a hangover from their, their win at Hibs last weekend. And Motherwell, surprisingly how poor they were against Celtic, I'm going to take United 2-1. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm really a one 0 to the United. I they're, they're playing good football at the moment. I, I like, I like what I see. They're good to watch. Not that Motherwell, like I said, are, are, are bad or they've, they've actually been my surprise team. Really, like the way you know where, how they've sort of come together, sort of thing. But they were a bit passive against Celtic. But you know, they're not the first team to to do that this season either. So we'll say one 0 to the United. Good crowd at Tanadichi. I'm sure there will be a good uh, home crowd. Um, a, a decent following, actually, when they went down to Hibs the last weekend. Hearts against Dundee. I can't see anyone. Hearts looking for a team that's just been promoted, super confident and very well organised, and they are going to thump Dundee. I'm going to, this is going to be my shock, shock tip. I'm going to say one each. It's just going to be one of these, um, yeah, you know, Hearts will battle the woodwork they'll they'll have umpteen chances but Dundee will get they'll take their chance and it'll finish one each it'll just be one of these one of those odd odd games it's just one head scratchy you won't understand how or why but that's what that's that's how it will turn out <laughs> that's really funny what a, what a fascinating way oh my god oh here we go it's another one of those things that you know this is this is this is the one that you kind of this is the one that you forgot at the back of your garden and you didn't realise it was in the compost heap and you're going to have to just do something about it because the smell is absolutely irretrievable. Ross County versus Livingston. Yes, Dingwalls, that's not exactly. <laughs> Dingwalls massive versus the Plastico Classicos. Uh, oh, it's a struggle. Well, I mean, you'd, I, I'd have probably said Ross County, but the fact that Livingston took three off St. Johnston last week, um, Livingston have also got goals in them. And I must admit, I quite liked how they sort of some of the passages of play because they're like playing on grass. Ross County are capable, um, but defensively they're they're not good. Um, I'm going to say two each. I'm going to say three one Livy. Ooh, ooh, yes. And that leaves and against Sunday Rangers. St. Martin, who've been going so well. St. Martin have been going really, really, actually, really well. But this is always one of these kind of two 0 games for Rangers for me. Um, but this time I think Jim Goodwin's got someone in a really really good place and I think they're going to give him a hell of a game so it's going to be 2-1 Rangers yeah I, I think Rangers will win um, oh, I'm going to say 3-1 uh, Rangers I think they'll, right, I think they'll it'll, it'll, be, it'll be tight it'll be tight to a certain point and then it'll um, the, the floodgates will open 
We've broken our golden rule of 30 minutes for the commute, so I'm sorry about that if you are regular listeners to the podcast. But our final thoughts this week are very, very important. My final thoughts are all about the Saudi takeover of Newcastle United. I really hope that the Premier League are successful in making sure that no related parties are able to uh, advertise in a very early stage. I think it's always a really worrying thing. I think um, accountancy is always going to get through and around UEFA's fair play. And I always think that it's the detriment of the actual fan because what happens is your ticket price goes up your ability to go watch the match becomes less and as much as you have an affection and an affiliation with your club I think that this is the path to ruin Interestingly enough apparently Steven Gerrard's on a three man shortlist to replace Steve Bruce Um, Eddie Howe I think is also on that list so a little bit of uh, uh, Strozzi connection there or Strozzi connection I should say um, my final thought I don't really I haven't really got one but uh, Ange Postcordler came out um, with a, a quite a quote on it was the, it was the day before the, the Europa League match just saying that you know if you're vegan you wouldn't go to if you're vegetarian you wouldn't go and have a meal at McDonald's but he called it Macca's so probably a few Scottish journalists scratching their heads going like what Brilliant. is he on about like yeah <laughs> Um, just talking about his style of football and how he won't change for anybody, and it's 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 it's, how, it's his philosophy. And and at the moment, he's got the Celtic fans on board. So long may it continue, and uh, we will see what happens next week with another set of results. Richard, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, you can catch us on all the socials, and we will be back. I promise next week, same time, same place for another Strozzi football podcast. Thanks, mate. Love, love us all to make. Tintin. <laughs>